Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager, and you can find me on Twitter at DML57. Got all the usual line mates with me this evening, and we actually like plan to do this episode and like no big news things happen. So we're just going to have just a regular good old fashioned Musings on Madison episode. It's going to be great. We're all excited for it. I promise. Uh, up first, they're the analytics darling, analytics darling of Second City Hockey. You can find on Twitter at your host's witness. It's Shepard Price. Hi. Uh, it turns out if you just eat citric acid, it's not great. Uh, and well, your mouth- <laughs> I, I mean, I assume it, you weren't just consuming straight citric acid. I assume it was in other things that you were having, right? Uh, so I so <clears throat> at the recommendation of my therapist, uh, I needed to get uh, some things that will help. Hopefully with my anxiety. Um, and one of them was uh, sour candy, but I've sworn off sugar uh, because I'm trying to lose 60 pounds uh, before October. Um, and so I bought these little packets of uh, pure lemon, which is just like oh. little packets that are just like lemon flavor. Oh, my uh, God. And the, and the thing about lemons is that there's a lot of citric acid in them. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of citric acid in the packets. And so if you just eat the packet, uh, yikes. <laughs> the only th- the only way that could possibly be not awful, I think, is if you did that like at the end of the meal. And like because I feel like if you did that on an empty stomach, you are asking for trouble. And I, I think you might be asking for trouble in general. I, I am not. I have no uh, expertise in this field, but it doesn't sound like the most. Uh, oh, it just sounds bad. It just sounds like. Yeah. It's. I think it's like eating, uh, like protein powder, like just like doing a scoop of protein powder in your mouth, because it's like, uh, oh, mix this in with water. Um, I didn't do that. All right, all right. Well, uh, best of luck to uh, <laughs> your your insides, I guess. Uh huh. <laughs> also, exactly. I'm, just, I'm I'm just I'm just gonna move along because I have no idea what else to say about that. Also, with us this evening, uh, he's on Twitter at Mill182, and he is the second city hockey with Johnny Frank is to Bill Murray. It's Mill Savage. Um, Shay, I recommend the uh, lemon water next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, 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 mean, I have. It was, like a, it was like the best version of a lemon head. I'm sending best wishes to your stomach. <laughs> That's all I can say because I, 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 you are a brave person. That sounds horrible. Hmm. Yeah. Um, And as far as my introduction goes, I have nothing else to add except for, uh, five years ago today, I was at the infamous, uh, game where the lawyer played goalie or whatever the accountants, accountants, Scott Foster. Yeah. Scott Foster. Sorry, I was actually I'm glad you mentioned that because I was just thinking about like 10 minutes ago or before we got together that I think that was the last time like everybody looked at the Blackhawks and like the entire hockey world and is like, oh, isn't that a nice story? That's a nice story. 
So I, I didn't realize that was today, but it came up in my like memories feed or whatever. I saw, I think the Blackhawks tweeted about it too. And it was, it was so funny because once or twice a year, my brother would take my, and I would take my mom to a game and we took her to that one. And she's kind of like, Oh, they're subbing the goalie out. Like what's going on. And, I looked at Steve and I go, who the fuck is 90? Because <laughs> Colin Delia started that game. Yeah. And Je- right? like Corey was out. And I'm like, who the fuck is wearing 90? I think it was Delia and Forsberg because I think that was your Crawford was injured a whole bunch. So it was Delia right, and, and like, Anton like, Forsberg. It was a bad Jeff Glass and guys. Remember, like yeah, remember when we thought that year was going to be the bad year? Yeah. Jeff GLS. <laughs> so yeah, uh, anyways, shout out Scott Foster. I'm glad you got to live my dream. <laughs> My dream is I like my dream would be to be a skater, not to be in that having Patrick. Well, Lennon just to, just to finish out an NHL game and get the dub. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Also with us this evening, she's not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, where she is the Second City Hockey Bull and Wall of Text. It's Betsy. I was trying to remember um, when that thing when Foster happened. Um, I was in a meeting at work and nobody at my office except one person did any like knew anything about hockey. And it's only because he was from Buffalo. And my manager turned to me and was like, did you hear that thing about like a regular person going into goal in an NHL game? A regular person. And, and I was, I was like, Are they yeah, brought that in happened to my team and also not that uncommon or it's regular enough. Um, and then she tried to tell the story and then she's told it wrong. And I remember being like, please be quiet for a second. I have to, I have to tell the story. Let, accurately let, let the pros do this. Let, let the pros have, they, um, I like the, it was, it, it was going to normie into the net. It's great. Yeah, well, I mean, it was just, it was funny because literally it like, whatever that story was, it went outside of the hockey world. Cause again, we're talking about Atlanta, Georgia in an office, like corporate office. And a woman I don't think ever listens, like, does anything sports-related. Like, she's me, but mine is hockey. She hates all yeah. sports. <laughs> well, that's she's a, it's a very uh, well-rounded character that she must have. She hates them all equally. I assume so. Yeah. So, real quick, before we get into the discussion part of the program this evening, um, uh, if you visited the Second City Hockey website on Wednesday, you may have seen a post uh, detailing where Second City Hockey is headed next. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole thing here because uh, it, it's still up at the website. It's going to be pinned to the top for a while. Um, as of Thursday night, we won't be posting at SecondCityHockey.com. We'll be posting or on the – well, here, let me let me dial this back a second – the course platform that we use to publish secondcityhockey.com right now is under the Vox Media thing. That's ending Thursday night. So starting Friday, we will be posting at our new website under the Ghost platform. There's a new URL to follow for now. That It's second-city-hockey.ghost.io. Eventually, we're, hope, we're thinking like a week or two roughly. Uh, our domain will go back to secondcityhockey.com and the new website at the ghost platform will be all under this original banner. Um, but I would go to the website, secondcityhockey.com, read through that article to let you know, um, we're going to have a little bit of a transition period while this, uh, miserable seasons, uh, is having its final stretches played out, but, uh, we're all excited about it. And, uh, we're going to have some fancy new stuff at the website. We've got some new logos that I cannot wait to reveal to the public because, uh, Betsy's one of her, uh, well, 
contacts coworkers i don't know but she uh shout out to amber she's been doing a great job i'm so excited to show everyone these logos that we're gonna have and then we're gonna do merch we're gonna do i i'm very excited after seeing the logo we're gonna have a lot of fun so uh stay tuned to all of that um but in the meantime coming back to the uh the present day uh obviously last week's episode we talked a lot about the blackhawks and the pride night jersey situation um, there's not really much else to say other than what we already said last week. Um, the only really de- real development that's come out in the day since is that, um, the NHL deputy commissioner said they, ha- uh, they have no knowledge of any reason why Russian players, uh, should be worried about backlash against, uh, backlash from their home country if they participate in pride nights. So, it seemed to be a direction, like maybe not a direct shot of the Blackhawks, but uh, it certainly seemed to call into question all these things that they're citing. Um, team CEO Danny Wirtz was asked for, uh, was they, uh, I think Mark Lazarus from The Athletic asked to talk to him at the game Sunday night. Danny declined. So we got nothing uh, from the organization, which is really a great sign. And uh, just, I guess, really quickly, just want to throw it around the room. If anybody had any other final thoughts to add, and then we can. Um, Put this, uh, I won't say put it to bed, but it just, I guess, move on. Shay, did you have any other things to add? Yeah, first off, I'll, I'd, <clears throat> let me just say I look forward, forward, forward to getting my Second City Hockey merch uh, and being a fan of the site. Oh, uh, I, I'm going to waste all my money on merch. It's going to be bad. And then uh, second, wow, Danny Wirtz is a coward i'll just i'll just, like i i already took the dice out for him you I'm, you you're not I'm, the I'm, first I'm, person you know to express that sentiment shay you I, are correct in your analysis old knights fan that man is a coward and he can come fight me that's <laughs> come down to um, first i'll fight you i will physically fight you let's go shay you <laughs> are right. correct we started and with Shay challenging the Blackhawks CEO to a fight. We're off to a roaring start. I love this. Shay is correct. And uh, I just want to throw something out there that we've all been saying for years, although it was originally about Rocky. A wart is a wart. <laughs> there, yeah. there, there is that element to it for sure, Mill. Uh, I think my like the big picture, uh, the big picture concern that I now have, uh, kind of in a similar vein with what you said, Mill, is just that. Um, you know, because Danny Wirtz, I guess, like kind of hires the GM and then the GM's in charge of this whole rebuild thing that's going on. And now I now like I can I, I'm not ready to like fully say I'm there, but I, I now have it, it's raised my concern about how this overall process is going to go on the hockey side of things, because it seems like they're making the same kinds of mistakes on the business side of things. So why so why would why would the hockey side of things change if the other side has it? I also need to add this. I physically hate saying this. It literally kills me. Oh, they've made Jerry Reinsdorf the best owner in Chicago. Oh, no. <laughs> you know I'm right. Uh, oh man, disagree. I don't agree. You know what? I I would actually say the McCaskey family might be better. They're they're not like they're not good, but I don't think they are. They're like they're not cheap. They're just they're just bad at their job. I think they're incompetent. They're and they're at least gonna have the. Bears land up in Arlington Heights. So here's the thing. Whoever owns the fire, I think is the best. Uh, <laughs> you see the fires record the last 15 does years? not matter. The Chicago, the Chicago red stars have a large group of owners. Uh, so maybe it's them or, hey, uh, or I just, the sky. I have two merchandise things I want to throw out and then I'll shut up. 
if that's okay, before we get into this podcast? <laughs> well, I mean, we're already kind of into it, but go ahead. Um, number one, I have a screenshot of the store from the five years ago, the night of the Scott Foster game. And the jerseys on the wall five years ago were Sharp, Sod, Taves, Crawford, Keith, and Seabrook. Well, uh, and and Duclair. Oh, Anthony Duclair. <laughs> yeah, if that I tells hope, you how far we I come. hope everybody in the Anthony Duclair uh, bandwagon got their jersey while they still could. The I, second I, thing I, is, when I finally become in charge of our merchandise for the site, it will all be punk rock and wrestling rips and a graphic of Dave as the coach who threw the bench onto the ice. I mean, we're we're gonna have a we're gonna have a meeting away from the podcast. <laughs> Don't. But, no, yeah. there's a Jay, there was like a guy. It might have been in like in the seventies or eighties, and he he when the bench was just a big slab of wood, he picked it up and threw it onto the ice. Patrick Waugh was a coach in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. No, but that was when he broke the glass. That was funny. That was that was good. Wall um, was I liked him as a goalie, but as a coach, he was just more entertaining. He was he should have been in pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh Bessie, did you have anything else you want to add to steer this back on course or uh please, please, Betsy, please. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I said everything I pretty much said before. Um it's disappointing. It is what it is. I wish the message around pride was more about the cool stuff that Keem still did and not about all of this bullshit teams are doing um, mm. that it wasn't overshadowing that, but yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think there is, I don't remember if it was like a formal thing that they are, that like Gary Bettman said, or if it was just a uh, paraphrase or what, but I thought there was a, a mention on Twitter today that they are, the NHL is going to reassess basically what they, how they handle those nights because it has become, as you said, Betsy, like it's become a um, a complete the 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 focus of the event has taken away is is no longer on what the night is supposed to be about. It's about the jerseys, which is not, it's it's completely like lost its way. So we'll we'll see where it goes from here. I don't know where it goes from here. Um, I guess I guess we'll find out next season, which will you know we got we got plenty of time before then. Yep. So so circling uh circling a way i guess back to more on ice related things um one of the big things we wanted to talk about tonight um is the news it came out uh, i believe it was during sunday's game that jonathan taves is back on the ice and skating and it seems like he is fairly determined to get on the ice before the season ends perhaps with the knowledge in his head somewhere that he is either like his Blackhawks career is about to be over or his entire hockey career is about to be over. Um, he spoke for 15 minutes and he, he remained noncommittal, uh, after that, uh, morning skate. And he, you know, he answered a lot of questions, but he didn't really say like, if he's going to retire, if he's going to go somewhere else, if he's staying here, he's going to try and resign. Uh, he, he remained noncommittal as he has for pretty much his entire process. But there was also seemed to be some acknowledgement of like the potential writing on the wall here. So, um, I, I guess I, I don't really have any specific thoughts to start with on that. So I'm going to swing it over to Shay. We're going to get rolling on the Jonathan Taves topic and see where it takes us. Sorry, you're, you're catching me while I'm still writing the preview for tomorrow's game. Uh, <laughs> well, I look forward what, to reading it. What, what's the direct question? Well, just what, like, what was your reaction when you saw the Jonathan Taves news, uh, that he's back skating and might get back on the ice before, uh, the season ends? 
I'm interested in that because long COVID is, is which is what he's been struggling with. Uh, it's apparently. Yeah. It's a bad uh, is is it, it, we really it's because it's called the novel coronavirus for the novel coronavirus for a reason because it's new it's called um, COVID-19 so, because it was found in 2019 yeah yes uh and so we don't really know what the long-term impacts are um so well like it's interesting to see him try and come back again because he's come back now once already um after a full year out um and it's also interesting because what's really the motivation? I mean, to like, there's nothing to play for for the Blackhawks anymore, except losses. I, they need to be losing to catch to catch back up with Columbus. Yeah. Um, well, see, Shay, I think the the answer is just hyper competitive drive that he, drives all NHL yeah. players. Yeah, it's just he is he, he does not have the. Obviously, he's a much different person than you and I or anybody in this room is just because by nature of he made it to the NHL, first of all. And then like the career he had, he's in like the point oh oh one percent and maybe a few more zeros with with what he's accomplished. And there is a there is an internal drive there, like just to be to be on the ice, to be playing. And and I, I think in completely uh, um, completely impervious to any outside forces even at like the start of the season when yes. everybody knew like the Blackhawks everybody looked at the Blackhawks roster and said this team is going to suck and the quotes that they were giving to the media before the season was you know we feel like we can surprise some people that's how yes. they think yeah I mean uh, obviously we're proven wrong but that's that is how they think and I feel like they genuinely think like that I think Taves might also like him coming back is definitely a good thing because the kids do need tutoring um, and Phil Kurishev shouldn't be the first line center. Uh, well, he's not anymore. <laughs> um, but he's uh, getting um, Taves back on the ice would be good. But it also, I think, helps prove that Taves is like at the beginning of the season. Taves was one of the best players for the Blackhawks easily, yeah. and was like, yeah, that this guy could be traded for something of value to a te- to a contending team to use as a depth center. I think he wants to get back on the ice and prove that. That in free agency, uh, he's still somebody who, who could be looked at as a depth center for a contending team. Betsy, what about you? I think it'll be interesting to see what he does in the summer. I think it's fun for him and good for him to see him at least get back out on the ice for this season closed. But really, it's all about what's going to happen in the summer. Yeah. Um, I want whatever is best for his health. Um, it would be great if he like could continue his career because I know how much a lot of these guys just really want to stay and they want to play. Um, and it sucks that his career could get cut short because of something that he can't control even a little bit, you know, like anytime yeah. that a hockey player or sports professional, their career is cut down by something that is not related to their sport, like an accident in their sport or just wear and tear on their body. That kind of stuff is just extra heartbreaking a little bit. Um, I'm sure he'll cry himself to sleep in all his millions. <laughs> He'll be fine. But, um, but like, that's I, like it, 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 it does, it, it's like for like the competitive soul within him. Like, I'm sure it sucks that he is a, a, something that he didn't have any control over is having this much of an effect on him. Yeah. And especially since, you know, the last couple of last few years, uh, he hadn't been playing well going into 
COVID kind of stuff. Like it wasn't like his best. And there's all this like dissing of him. It's the same thing that happened to Seabrook. You know, people were like yeah, so yeah. annoyed at his contract that they they started being like super negative about him and just completely dismissing or ignoring all the contributions that he made. And there was a really interesting Twitter thread that went around that was literally like, will Taves be a first round, uh, a first ballot Hall of Fame nominee? And I was like, most of the replies are yes. And then there were a few people that were like, well, he hasn't been a top 50 center for like five years. Why would he be, you know, why would that happen? And then there was a laughable, well, if he gets in, then Zetterberg should. And it's like, uh, sir, (laughs) that's laughable. Um, you know, and it's, I, I bet that he really wanted to come back and like have one last hurrah before. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't work out that way this season. Um, so it'll be good to see him if he can get back on the ice. I'm excited for him for that, but really what's more interesting is what's going to happen later. Yeah. And I, I do feel like if it becomes a, um, if there, there's some advanced notice that he's going to play in one of the games coming up before the season ends, I feel like I will like almost like a sense of obligation. Like I need to go see that game. Just be just, just like on principle of like, I've been like watching him for so long. And, and if this, like any of these games could be the end, like I, I went to the the Hawks game against the Senators, which I believe ended up being Patrick Kane's final home game, and which was totally by accident. And now I feel like if it comes that Taves could play his final home game, or even if it's like the the regular season finale against the Flyers, like I feel like I'm going to need to be in the building just to like be there for the standing ovation at the end that I'm sure he'll get because I it's it's I I, I had a different thought two or three months ago. Now that Kane's been traded, like it's it's real hard to envision any situation where Taves is on the team next season. However, I'd like oh, to I add know. an asterisk to that. It, uh, after the Rangers get shit on in the playoffs, <laughs> Kane might come back. Well, yeah, that's. I'm not I, saying he should come back. I'm just saying he could. He might. Yeah, I. That's. I, I'll. I will happily entertain that discussion in the summer. I, I'm. Uh, it's. I, I think a lot of it hinges on what happens on the draft lottery May eighth frankly. Um, and we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but yeah. Uh, I don't know if you had any other thoughts on the, uh, Taves yeah, situation. I, I, I'd like to just give my quick two cents on Taves because I've don't been lie to really, me. It's not going to be quick. I know you. Well, no, look, I've been really <laughs> lucky and privileged that I got to watch his entire career from the beginning. Yeah. And you guys know me, I'm the, you know, X's nose guys or whatever, but like, the fact is Jonathan Taves had a lot of injuries that people don't talk about prior to his stuff recently. And the way he was able to play, he was on par to win the Calder and got hurt and Kane ended up getting it. Mm-hmm. like people don't realize that like he was I'm not saying he's better than Kane, but I'm saying he was points wise. He was right there. And. When Q came in, he decided, hey, this guy's better two-way. We're going to switch it up. He hurt his back, and they ended up still winning that first final, and he was only 22. Taves had all the talent in the world, and that's the thing that people try to shit on is the injuries really fucked with him. And despite that, he still accomplished all he did. So I I think that I'm not saying he's Marion Hosa. I'm not saying he's Patrick Kane or Duncan Keith, but still, like, 
to, to not act like he's going to get into the Hall of Fame in his first ballot, it's like, who's he going to be up against that he won't? You know, that's yeah. the question. Yeah. Not not him as an individual. I want to come back to that first ballot Hall of Fame discussion in a second here, but I, I think just the main thought on Taves was, you know, I think there were a lot of other guys that were more like Kane was always more in front of the cameras because of his, you know, Showtime nickname and all that. Um, and there there was a lot like Marion Hosa was like a cult hero among the fan base for everybody, though, like not just like the small corner of the uh, like a weird small segment of the fan base. Everybody loved Marion Hosa. Um, like, you know, Patrick Sharp was always on camera. Taves always kind of felt like a little bit like the background guy, I think, sometimes. Right. By because of his demeanor, but he yeah. also wore the C for the best era in the history of the franchise. Well, so, like, also 2011, 2012, Haynes was on pace to have a fucking MVP season, and he got hurt. And Kane played like shit in that year. So, like, people don't remember that type of stuff. People, people forget that at the time when they made Crosby captain of Team Canada, Crosby called Taves to make sure, like, that right. it was okay because everybody in the game had that debate of who's the better captain. That's right. Obviously, Crosby's right. the better player, but who's the better leader? Right. Um, so. Right. No, yeah, that's, no, Betsy, that's a great point. Yeah, that that was I remember like the Taves Crosby debate and of like and in terms of like hockey skill, like Crosby was always clearly the better player. And I think Crosby's like immortal status this season has proven that even more. But um, no in terms of like like the intangibles behind the scenes leadership and all that, like I I don't know if there were like it, it it is a an incredibly short list of people who were like more more fitting to be in the captain role than Jonathan Taves. And a lot of times, Taves, he had the flashy goals and whatever, but he did a lot of dirty work. Like, he used to yeah. never lose a board battle. He played on the penalty it, kill it and felt the like, power play. It felt like the, um, the like, the prototypical Jonathan Taves highlight was a board battle in the offensive zone behind the net. He won the board battle, and he'd bring out the puck, and he'd either stuff it home himself or his teammate would finish it uh, yeah. on the rebound. And like, you it, could it tell... Like, Clearly, his idols were Sackick and Eiserman. You could yeah. tell. Yeah, I just I uh, I, I think the um, one my favorite Taze moments that were just there was a handful of times where he just got that look in his eye, and it's like, oh, he's about to score a goal, and it doesn't matter who gets in his way. Uh, the the one against Vancouver in the 2011 playoffs always comes to mind that uh, forced overtime that year, but and th- there's a lot of others. I have a good off-air off story about that one. Oh, boy. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, but, yeah, I, I I don't want to, like, write the entire eulogy yet because he's still on the team and still has more games to play, even though I'm still pissed off that the Hawks had – they had, like, a pregame hype video and they completely cut Taves out of it or something. I forget what they did or what or how they did it, but I remember it was right after the Kane trade. They, like, had a brand-new hype video and – uh. Taves like was not there at all, and I'm like, who's still, still the active captain? Which, by yeah, the way. even if he was hurt, he's still the captain. You can still put him on the goddamn hype video. Like, oh, I was, I, I got, I'm, I'm getting retroactively annoyed. I, I guess now I'll have to go back to a game and see if he's on the hype video pregame, or if he's like in the historical section or the active player section. So, when's the last um, home game? April 13th, I think. Let's I go. Know, uh, yeah. All right. 
Well, uh, I'll, I have my people get in touch with your people. Um, but that's it's against the Flyers. I know that it is. Oh, on, God damn. That's going to yeah, be horrible. That would be the pity bowl. Yeah, Thursday, April 13th at the United Center. Get your tickets now. I'm sure they're going to be cheap. Um, but what we're going to do in the meantime is we're going to take a quick time out. We're going to catch our breaths, and we're going to come back and talk about some more stuff. Uh, so come on back for all of that. That was a great keep by BX, as you pointed out, Pat. Then he slid over to the opposite side. Received the puck, but couldn't handle it. Went out over the blue line. Smith to Kane. He drives in. They'll never let it go. Dropped it back. Keep a shot. Get it out of the glove of Luongo. And the rebound of Burroughs. A long pass. Bounce loose to Duncan Keith. Five minutes remaining in the fourth period. Hosa able to gain the line. Hosa hanging on. Fights toward the middle. Drops it back. Jalmerson's long shot. Oh, what a tip. Oh, Smith! 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 22 years old! Has set this to a seventh game! Hawks win in overtime! Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, as promised before the break, and I think I mentioned this a couple of times when it, uh, it it was mentioned by, I think, Betsy and Mill both touched on it briefly. But uh, this idea of the, the Jonathan Tate's first battle Hall of Famer, like um, there was a Twitter thread on it. It was uh, Nick Alberga, who's a media person in Canada. He's up in Toronto somewhere. So uh, I feel like every media person I find that's in Toronto has like 20,000 followers. That's a, a hockey media person because everybody – the Toronto media – scene must be just flourishing because it seems like everybody has jobs so maybe maybe that's the catch if you want to be a, a hockey media person go to toronto but anyway the just the question was whether or not Taves is a first ballot hall of famer uh there was i, I found the quote of someone who said if if Taves is a first ballot hall of famer then zetterberg should have his number retired by the league which the only way I would listen to that argument is if you start talking about Zetterberg's beard should be retired by the rest of the league somehow, because his his beard top five of the history of the NHL. But um, I think the the answer I've landed on this, like I feel like Taves because you know, like as Mill mentioned, like all the injuries and everything is his body did wear down in the back half of the 2010s. The numbers started to tail off a little bit. Um, but I think regardless of as long as he didn't completely fall off a cliff, which I don't think he did, um, he's just going to be first bout Hall of Famer on principle just because he was the captain of the best era of probably the best run of any team in the salary cap era so far. So I, I don't see how he's not. And I, 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 I'm assuming the three of you have no objections to that. I think our silence uh, speaks. Yeah, yeah. All <laughs> yeah. Of, I was like, all, all in favor, all opposed. No, yeah. <laughs> I have no objections, and I'm not. I'm going to wait, like you said, for the eulogy. I'm not going to get into all the accomplishments or whatever. But I do want to throw one thing out there that's interesting. Since he said he's going to play now, well, ho- he kind of hopes, he, hopes he's going to play now. We'll, we'll see. Right, right. Okay. He kind of makedoed it because he outlasted Kane as a as a <laughs> member of the team. Now Kane might have played more games because of Taves' injuries. But it's kind of interesting because if he stays the rest of the year and just says, you know, he could retire or go somewhere else. But, he, you know, it's it's like he if he retires, he finished the Blackhawk. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And the captain for 
every year except his rookie year where he wore an A in December. Yeah. Uh, Will um, he be technically the only core member to do that because every other one had their contracts traded away and or didn't get re- like Crawford didn't get re-signed. Say Crawford Johnson was traded. Crawford Stark never was traded. traded with the Devils though. Like he got to training camp and said, nah, I'm good and, and hung it up. They all, but but to to Betsy's point, like close enough. Though. I, I see what I you're saying, Betsy. If, if you kind of take Crawford's like a weird one, but yeah, Crawford, Keith went to the Oilers. Seabrook, uh, you know, took Seabrook the lightning, took his contract. contracts. Right. Yeah. Sharp came back, but he did get traded away. Yeah. No. So T- Taves would be the only, oh, I guess, Blackhawks lifer. Yeah. I, oh, they really yeah. all had phantom retirements. <laughs> Kind of yeah. serves the fucking organization right, not the fans. <laughs> I, but the organization. Okay. I, I, I think you can call Corey Crawford a lifer because he never actually played a yeah. game for New Jersey. That's, that's Well, I agree, and I don't think he would have signed there if the Hawks would have actually done him his due diligence and yeah, signed him. It, it didn't seem like he wanted to go, but the Hawks let him go anyway. Um, I was yeah. about to buy the fucking Crawford jersey. <laughs> I think if it shows up on your Wiki, Wikipedia page, like, okay. it, let well, me see. Does well, it? He, oh. It's not listed under his wiki because he never he didn't do anything like he never right he signed. I, I don't even retired. think he played a preseason game. Like he might have not even got paid. No, he didn't. He he because you know what you got. All right, I'm just gonna say I remember this. I remember on my TV watching it. Taves came out and fucking went off on the organization for not communicating all the trades because remember they traded Sod yeah. too. Yeah. So that's when they traded him to Colorado. Mm-hmm. The was that the second or that was the third time they traded uh, had a trade involving Brandon Sutton. It was right it, after it was um the second they time had, they traded him away, third trade involving him. Yeah. Because that was right after they um they beat the Oilers in the fake playoffs and then got their ass beat by Vegas. But yeah. Corey got him one. Yeah. And that that was like the Corey Crawford like swan song i guess as as much as we had um taves is number five all time in games played uh keith said 1192 kane was at 1161 seabrook is at 1114 taves is in fifth at 1060 but he passed bobby hall this season so that's good um i think there would be something if if taves is able to come back yeah if taves is able to come back this season and i i don't know where he's at if there was some sort of like acknowledgement from him that this is it Like he's going to hang up his skates at the end of the season. Um, and to have that last game be like, be it to have that, like kind of cathartic, like this is the end moment that would actually, I, I think that would be kind of, it would be nice. I don't think nice is a word for it because I don't, um, I'm still a kind of part of me feels like I'm in denial that we're at this point with all of this. Um, but it just, it would be, it would be something it would be, Maybe neat is a better word for it. I feel I like know. it's not going to happen, though. No, no, I don't. I think I think Kane and Taves both went into this season not wanting to go anywhere, and that's part of the reason that Kane dragged his feet so much at the end is yeah. that they really didn't want to go anywhere, and that sucks for them that they had to go. And it's probably maybe better for the team. We don't. We've had that discussion before, but I think he'll take all summer. To decide, I think it'll yeah, be like a hard decision. He he won't sign until like September, and then right, and, and I then, think I think to Betsy's point, like Kane probably didn't want to leave. He probably just said playing with Panarin and maybe and making the playoffs is better than staying here. I think it's because they they kept trading. Like I mean, they had that story that came out with Kane where uh, they essentially said that the 
organization was pretty much pushing him out. Like the last straw was like Domi getting traded because they just keep trading away all his friends. Like not a single player that he, if he, if Kane mentioned them as a line mate. <laughs> yeah. And I can, I can tell you, I can tell you for a fact, like the organization leaks bullshit to get people's opinions. Um, yeah. Like, like when they put out that Tavo had bad work, I think that was, bullshit. I don't think they leaked the whole Kane got pushed out because that turned people against, like yeah. no, 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 no. Thing, like yeah. I think like them wanting to trade him might it was a feeler, I think. I think that for the fans. I don't think that's a story we're gonna get until like three or four years down the road if we get yeah. it at all. I, I just, just I just know that if they did, they did a bet they shouldn't have leaked it. But it, like, fans it, were pissed. I, I will say like I, I I feel like we all might be in agreement that if, at least like from this perspective, it feels like they have not never wanted Taves and Kane around. I just I thought Taves and Kane were gonna strong arm their way. And and not leave town because they just didn't want well, to leave. I'll, but, I'll say this: this GM now he has he's not a fan and wasn't around. He has no attachment to nineteen or eighty eight. He what? he was around since twenty. Yeah, <laughs> but but he wasn't in charge. No, yeah. but he's been around the he's, he's been around he's been around the organization. He's been in the like. That doesn't Wait. matter though. He didn't sign them, is what I'm well, saying. Well, not but his guy. He, I, I guess, I, I think to most point, I think he may not have as close of a, like a working relationship with those two as other people who have been in the organization for a decade might have. Look, I, we two, don't know. The, no, but what I meant by that is this: the fans have an attachment to them, and the organization, the guys who, the guys who sign them, draft them, pay them, have a due diligence. Yeah. That's the difference. Well, yeah, it's not. It's not necessarily wrong that they're trying to run them out of town. It's just a bad look. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, I I'm not saying this guy wasn't there, but I'm saying like he doesn't have. He doesn't owe them anything in his eyes. No, I don't think. See, I don't. My whole thing was, um, I don't think the organization owes them, and I don't think the players owe them. Um, there was a lot of like heat that some people like threw at Kane because he like strong armed the team into going to the Rangers and getting such a shitty return. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, and no. then like <laughs> he owes the organization to like help. And it's like, he doesn't owe you shit. He brought three cups to the yeah. city. Like, yeah, he held up his end of the bargain. Well, the, the, him and you know what? I, I would call it a wash because the organization got him out of a lot of trouble multiple times. Well, yeah. yeah, I'm not, yeah, but that's off ice stuff. We're talking about. And like I think any team would have gone to bat for like that. I don't think the Blackhawks were. I'm not even talking about 15. I'm talking about the multiple ones even before. They're, I well, still. I, th- I think. I think teams would cover up anything yes. for a star player, and yeah, all for, of them would do it. Especially, at, especially one at the that time nobody. That they we, we were talking about Taves as a first ballot Hall of Fame. Where we're not talking about Kane. That's undoubtedly no, happening. No, but yeah. I want to. Oh, this will be a different podcast. But I'm talking about 10, 11, 11, 12 different time yeah again again like uh, like as betsy said any team would cover that up i think any any, and and not even any hockey team any professional sports franchise period i'm not saying they wouldn't cover (laughs) it up but but at that time not first ballot hall of fame and not accomplished (laughs) well yeah but first but first still first first overall selection but But, he he was also like (laughs) there was like best off like there was the first time in forever that the team had what was considered a good team, even in 11 and 12, they had great teams. They just didn't perform in the playoffs they had to wait for the wild to beat Dallas in the last game of the year to make the playoffs. Our, All I'm saying is that, that Kane and Taves were the faces. Of oh, this I'm with you on that. They were I'm, not going to you. allow 
that to taint that image. Nobody. I'm with you on that. My point is though, they got him out of trouble more than once. Is all I'm saying. That's but but as you just stated, the people who are in charge now are not the people that did that, unless you count the Wurtzes, which, I mean. I don't think that they care. Um, that's an no. interesting, you know what, Betsy? It's an interesting point. Like, how much do they care, right? Yeah, I mean, it's such a weird, like, relationship that these people have because these are employees and employers. But, like, Bowman was really close to the Canes. Like, the Bowman family is clo- well, semi-close to the Canes. Kane and- lived with them for Kane yes, lived with the Bowman and they for are, they're all from like, Buffalo and all that, like, you know. But the old it, man died their rookie year. So it's like Rocky has to know them pretty well. Oh, of course. I these these people grew up. I mean, they as much as you can know a fucking billionaire or whatever. Rocky is compared, but it, I don't know. I I think that there was nothing any. I think any organization, if that had happened in Tampa and it had been Stamkos, they would have covered it up. If it had been Crosby, they would have covered it up. If it had been. Anybody who was the face of a franchise and something really shitty happened, they were gonna like back their player. That's that's um, part, and that's that's like as part of the uh, bad. That's culture. part of their. That's part of their job. Like I, like, un- I think it would have happened back then. It, I let maybe less so now. I think there's too much scrutiny right now. Um, which, which is a good thing. It needs to change. Um, I just don't think it would have happened yeah. back then. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I just it's um, I mean, I it's. I don't know. I just there. There's part of me that's kind of glad this is all over because there's still like the fact that like um, a decade later, there's still that like lingering stuff from everything that's happened over the last 10, 15 years that came out a few years ago or or that has been known for years. So there, there's there is like this element of like, finally, like we can just take all this and wrap it up and put it in a box it's a new era. here and just leave it over there. Uh, and, and not have to deal with that. Like you can start with a clean slate. Like, uh, you know, there's like, if you look at the on ice roster by next season, like there's no reason to have any like lingering hate for any of these players. Like none hopefully. of these guys were any. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there are a few okay. concerns I have, but hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Well, let's, I don't think for the, nothing for the, I don't, I don't even want to, it's just, it's, it's, it's nice to have like a clean slate. Nothing like hanging over. Look, I actually don't have like that lingering hate. The only reason I was bringing those things up was in the context of who owes who what. And I just, all- I, from a purely on ice perspective, bringing in the money, bringing in the cups, bringing in the prestige, bringing like the fact that Chicago, like the Blackhawks didn't do anything, you know, like they brought a cup that one time, 50 years, what, 49 years, and then brought two more. Like, that's every one of those guys in the core. They, like, I mean, like, there's obviously a lot of other people who were part of it, but Taves and Kane are the reason people give a shit about hockey in Chicago now. I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys on that. I've just meant, you know, they, they certainly did a lot for him that people don't know about. Yeah, but that's, that's not what, the whole point is that the Blackhawks are bad at PR, (laughs) is my point, (laughs) that, that, Fans do not like the general fan doesn't know that doesn't know a bunch of this stuff doesn't know all well, nor this stuff. The, nor do they care exactly yeah. and then you have them coming they're like testing the waters maybe with this whole like well we wanted him to go and he didn't want to and that's why he made this shitty return and trying to shift the blame to Kane and the reaction is well no you should have just you should have locked that all up it's why when that episode dropped I was just um, about to ask if any of you had watched that 
it, have was n- good of, it was good of them to put it out because they, they showed a good conversation. They had like a phone call and all this other stuff. It was a much nicer version of whatever. So hopefully that tempers it because nobody needs to be angry at the current front office right now because we're trying to support them and hope them the best. <laughs> hope to God that they, I think they know we what talked they're doing. About this. I think we talked about this on a podcast not too long ago, but like when you look at a guy like Kane, who's clearly a first ballot hall of famer, very successful first pick overall and to compare him to anybody who's even close to that Gretzky or anybody else who's gotten traded, you're never going to get fucking equal value. You're oh, never yeah. Well, that's, Betsy's been, yeah, that, that's been Betsy's drug that she's been all over for like no, but this entire just, season. I mean, look at what the fuck did the Oilers get for Wayne Gretzky? A bag of fucking pucks? Like, come on. Yeah, and, just, and and then they won the cup the season after they traded him, if I remember correctly. That's uh, 90, so like maybe two years after. Because he okay. went to the, the Kings in 88, 87, okay. 88. But yeah, good. they had fucking everybody else there. Yari Curry still and Mark Messier and whoever. What were you going to say, Betsy? I was going to say the people that would like, the minute, like I kept just banging that drum constantly in the comments and then they'd be like no you're delusional and i was like i am looking at historical facts i do not think (laughs) that i think we're gonna get history repeating itself and then when it happened they were like how could this happen we're so surprised and i was like how are you surprised (laughs) well to to your point this guy made them a lot of money and brought them a lot of shit good shit and they're like hey we're not gonna make you suffer just because we can't get a first rounder out of New York or whatever the well, fuck. Well, yeah, are. that's what I'm saying. They, they, I think both Kane and however you want to say, he brought a lot of money and a lot of what you know, a lot of prestige and all this other stuff on ice to the Blackhawks. He helped with that, and he argued for his no movement clause, and that was his right to do. And he enforced it. He used it like he should, just like everybody who has it. Nobody in their right mind, if you. If your job tried to fire you or trade you to another company and you had the right to say, absolutely not, you would take that. <laughs> I want my money. I want to stay where I'm staying or whatever. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, that, no doubt. I, I have a thousand percent in favor of athletes who get a no movement clause, use it to the fullest extent of its powers. Absolutely. Yeah, entirely. Because that is it is the extremely rare case where the player has any sort of leverage in any of these negotiations because they usually have none. And it's yeah. usually the the billionaire owners who have all of the leverage so like would we have all liked the blackhawks to get a better return for a player that was like that like still good um he's not having a great season um doing better with the rangers now um probably because they have better players do you think um but like what, I think we all know we would have liked a better return. Was it a surprising return? No, it should that, not have been a surprise. That's, to yeah, that, that's how this works. And I, and like the other, I don't think there was any, like, I, 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 as long as they got like something in return for Kane, like I, I, I was resigned mainly because I had heard Betsy say it so many times on the <laughs> podcast that I was like resigned to the fact that like, it's not going to be a good trade. It's, it's always underwhelming, but the, uh, on the other side of that coin, what I will say is to remember this in like four to five years, if the Hawks are good again, that when teams trade away really good players, it always feels like the return is underwhelming and, and not even just like the, you know, uh, aging veteran running, running out the clock in his career, who's still really good. 
I feel like some of the just random blockbuster trades that happened in the NHL, you look at what went one way for the play for the star player. And it's like, that ain't shit. Uh, the Taylor Hall trade, I feel like is one that comes to mind here. Uh, but it's just, it, it feels like if the Hawks are going to have roughly 936 blue line prospects for the next four to five years, um, there's only six spots at the NHL level seven. If you want to throw in the swing defenseman, sure. Um, they could start like if they get to a point in a few seasons where they need to start, where they're really looking to add talent, get some of yeah, the, like throw in some pros, throw in some picks and prospects and, and get, uh, I, I don't know, whoever's the guy's going to be get a, I don't know, maybe Miro Heiskanen will be available or something at that point or Kale McCarr. Why not? Let's, let's get up there while we can. Um, all right. Well, I have a, this took a significant turn away from where I thought the discussion was going to go, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know how we ended up here, but here we are once again, which is, I think, could just be the tagline for this show at this point. Um, do you have any other hockey thoughts? Like, Amila, I know you had something you'd mentioned in our pre-show. I think we're going to put a pin in that and save it for next week or maybe the week after that. Um, I think it would be a good thing to talk about down the line. Okay. it's, it's been, We still have some games left. Yeah. Kind of, kind of. I, unfortunately, I, you know what? what Very while unfortunately. We, while we are here, um, th- because uh, I just wanted to quickly like, uh, there's there's mainly three guys to watch right now. Well, Alex Vlasic is up. We'll see. That seems like it's more because of injuries, and if we'll see how long he stays up. But with him and Wyatt Kaiser and Lucas Reichel, like, there's there's three young guys who could be here for the long haul who really like are, are kind of like worth watching for a change. Um, Cause I think I've officially given up on the Ian Mitchell thing. Uh, it doesn't seem like they have any use for him and I'll be stunned. I feel if like he, he wants the, the fuck out of here. I, he probably, at this point he probably does. Do you guys uh, watch? So the last game, um, the only time that I cared was on the penalty kill because <laughs> Wyatt Kaiser and Vlasic were practically the top pair. Like they, they traded off with Jones and they were great. like it was weird because you know the stars actually have a really good power play and they did a great job in their roles and i was actually very um excited and it was a very small it's one game sample but that's very cool to see and they had the highest ice time behind seth jones um and i know there's nobody else playing but like like murphy didn't play and stuff like that like didn't get as many minutes so that was cool to see i hope we see more of that down, like just down the end of the season. That would be awesome. It's what we've been asking for all season. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's something to watch. It's just it's literally something to, like something entertaining about the potential long or something that could be around in three or four seasons. Not a guy who's going to be traded before then or walk in free agency, whatever. Um, and the other one is uh, Lucas Reichel. Just there's all these like constant little flashes of his speed, his skill. And it's it just like, for the love of God, get him some line mates by next season. I, 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 you know, if it's Bedard or Fantilli or whoever, just get, give him some other players who can complement what he does. And I think he'll be fun to watch for a while. I, I, like, I've been trying to like, kind of like, not in a specific, like, this is like skill set type of thing, but more of like role, like try and take players now and project or compare them with players of Blackhawks of the prior dynasty. And I feel like Lucas Reichel is going to be like a kind of a Patrick Sharp type where he's in the top six for sure. 
probably pretty good on the first line. If he's on the second line, it's really good because that means your top line's even better. Um, that the, And then I've got, as I think we've talked before, I've got Phil Kurashev in the Christopher Stieg role. Those are the two I've sorted out so far. That's about it. And if you think of, like, you compare how many guys the Hawks had on those really good teams from back in the day, and that maybe they have the the guy to fill in for Patrick Sharp and maybe the guy to fill in for Christopher Stieg. And so far, that's about it. Hey, Sharp showed up pretty early in that core group. Yeah. So Thank you, so. Matt Ellison. <laughs> so that, those are my final Blackhawks thoughts. Do we have any other Blackhawks thoughts? Shay, you've been awfully quiet. I don't know if you were just uh, generally as bored of this team as we are at times. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh... Yes, you are. Okay. <laughs> it's time for food. It is time Great. for food. <laughs> well, we already talked about um, Shay's potentially inflammatory uh, stomach at this point, I guess. But uh, what was – you mentioned the food take in our uh, pre-show meeting, and I forgot it already, so please – uh, let let it go. Okay. Uh, those who eat uh, spicy candy, um, including hot tamales okay. and fireballs and things like that, are insane. For, well, people who do it for pleasure and for joy are insane. I oh. do it because, again, therapist recommended to take away from my anxiety. It's one of the most painful experiences I've ever had with a with a fireball, and it's not like the it's not like the fucking whiskey. And, okay, yeah, because uh, you said you said fireball, and I, I was no, it's, it's a candy, okay, it's a hot candy. It's a hot I, I little red, about, hot yeah. little red ball. Um, <laughs> and it felt like how I imagine, as a person who has their ears pierced, how I imagine getting your tongue pierced feels like. Uh, it like did you ever have a warhead? Yes. How it does feels it, like it, it, I I'd imagine it's that, but spicy. Do you eat spicy food? Sour. Yes, I love spicy food. The, you don't like the candy? Like, I'm just asking because I'm curious it about the... It, it physically, like, it It feels like there's a molten ball. Like, <laughs> you know how, like, uh, how, like, iron balls, if you get them hot enough, they sort of glow this orange red? Yeah. yeah. It felt like you put that on your tongue. <laughs> See, I never got, like, that sensation from those candies. I just don't particularly like how they taste because they taste like fireball, that cinnamon... Kind of thing I going on. I don't mind the fake cinnamon, but it, it's like the fact that like you get through a layer and then all of a sudden there's that bout of the, pain. The again. hot, it's like burning. Yeah, I'm just. I don't know. I think I, they're kind of like Try Jolly Ranchers hot, hotties because those are good. No, I, I here. This is the thought I keep coming back to. If you're gonna offer me candy, and it's gonna do that to me, that is not fucking candy. Candy is supposed to be a pleasant experience all around. Yeah, if we're going to do this, that, we're going out for tacos. Yeah, if I want I, 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 this isn't candy to me. This is, yeah, this is just. Some people really like the spice-sweet combination, which, so, I, like I said, I like I like Jolly Ranchers hotties, if you've ever had those. They're mild. They're much milder than a, um, they have the right, they have a good balance between the spice and the sweet. Um, it's, it's like the people who like spice cakes, you know, like the ones that are pretty hot, but are also a cake that is sweet. Um, I just, we were talking about the, when we were talking about donuts and I mentioned that there was a ghost pepper donut at the sublime donuts in Atlanta. It used to be like, uh, they don't make them anymore, but they had them running for a little while. People loved those. Um, because people like that mix. Uh, I don't like, I, 
these I don't like the really spicy ones. I cannot. I'm not. I'm not all, all about that. But there are plenty of spicy candy that's like a little bit below <laughs> what Shay is describing. No, I, don't know. I, I like, love spicy food, but like I like it savory. I can understand that. I like. I've had plenty of spicy desserts that I've liked. That I have, have a just, just the right amount, and I don't. I don't like spicy food that much. Like if I, I, I'm one of those people that goes into an Indian restaurant and is like, okay, I'm very white. What? It's the mildest. <laughs> what is you your? Got. What is your level? Um, and my best friend. Well, I also do introduce myself like that, but then I'm like, please show me your ways. Well, yeah, I, my, no, I, yeah, I would describe myself as painfully Caucasian when it comes to yeah, this topic. So, my 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 best friend is Indian, and when her mom makes food, she makes a oh. separate batch for me. That's because, well, there you go. That's yeah, a good she because she's awesome like <laughs> that, and I'm always like, thank you, Sue. Uh, this is a great Sudesh. Um, but I I can like it depends on which candy you're talking about. The one Shay's talking about. No, I would never. That's dumpster fire to me, <laughs> literally. Um, but again, there are plenty of them. There are other ones like uh, I want to say Skittles does one, and like Starburst, the ones that are normal candies first, and then add spice to them, versus ones that are like specifically designed to be a spice candy, like Warheads mm. or something. Those are terrible. The other ones are fine. Sour Sounds Patch like a bad does time. them too. Sour Patch does them too. I'm kind of in Dave's boat where it's like, if I want candy, like I want candy. <laughs> yeah. Like I w- sweet. It's, it's sweet. Like I can even handle like a little bit of sourness to it. Like uh, the, the warheads I mentioned, like I can, I, yes. can do I feel like sour can be part of the candy experience though. I dislike sour candy. Well, that's have- okay. It, but it's still, it's like a part of like, it's a t- uh, kind of candy that makes sense. I would, I don't, I don't, I would rather. I think spice makes more sense to me in a candy than sour. But I, I, I well, don't like I would. Sour. I, I mean, if I had to pick, I would eliminate spicy and sour as candy flavors, and I would settle on sweet because, again, candy's supposed to be a treat. Candy, it's candy. That's like well, I don't. Like, I don't know what the Webster's definition is for candy, but <laughs> it sure as hell isn't. That. It sure as hell isn't a molten ball of lava on okay. your tongue. It's very my, suffering. <laughs> my ranking is sweet, spicy, sour. Will be my way to go. Obviously, sweet is way above the rest of them, but it, yeah, sweet, spicy, sour. But I, I, I feel like a lot of the sour ones turn sweet. A lot of the spicy sense? ones. A lot of the spicy well, first ones. First they're sour, sweet. then they're sweet. Sorry. I'm trying I'm to think, I guess I guess this is what I'm saying is sour patch is the same way with their spicy ones. That's their the, spicy <laughs> ones are spicy at first and then they get sweeter. I guess oh. what I'm saying is my to my taste buds in my brain. So it's just me. <laughs> Bit, bitter to sour makes more sense than like spicy. And I think it's because I like spicy food that's like a meal. Yeah, I can get that. And then like if I like like a fucking, you know, like like lemon lime flavored stuff, it usually has sugar in it. Yeah. Uh, go, going back to Betsy's point, though, there are plenty of desserts. I mean, I, I live in San Antonio, so to take that, to take this with a grain of salt, that I'm surrounded by the best, by some of the best spicy food on the planet. Uh, but there's plenty of spicy desserts. Like, uh, I mean, again, if you consider cinnamon a spice, which it is, then a lot of desserts have 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 spice in them. I guess I'm thinking of spice is hot, so maybe I'm misinterpreting yeah, this conversation. I, I feel like I don't know. There's like a difference between like spice and spicy. There's so many cool like uh, yeah. cookies and cakes that have like, um, like 
black pepper or cardamom or chili in it. Um, I mean, just a bunch of them that have some good. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of all the ones. One of my friends makes desserts all the time, and she plays around with this. I'm trying to think of some of the best ones that she had. But there's a bunch of spice cakes that are like kind of hot. Yeah. So uh, I mean, good. Our, if, if we're if we're talking black pepper, then we're talking the, literally the spice of life. Literally the most basic spice besides salt. What are they going to make me a beer candy? That's the question. I'm I'm sure they. I, I, they those those got to exist. Like I I don't know any offhand, but. I'm sure somebody made. There's got to be a brewery somewhere. They, they have wine. They have wine IPA gummies. candies. That was just a bad. As, as I'm sure Dave can attest. I just want to drink it. There's a hundred percent beer candy. <laughs> yes, yeah. and, and, and as I'm sure Dave can attest, there's wine gummies in the United Kingdom. Yeah, man, just make those yourself. Vodka gummies are great. They, oh, they expand now, so much. Now, now we're talking. Yeah, that's mm. that, that's. I feel like I've that's a uh, Midwest summer staple. Well, I don't even know. Oh, if it's I've a, had. I wouldn't say Midwest. It's probably beyond that. But I've had Everclear gummy bears oh. in uh, in Wisconsin. Oh my god! Have you ever been to a party that allowed children, and then you had to explain these gummies are not for you? <laughs> no, I have. No, I. I, I the The last time I was around a party that had gummy bears, I don't think there were children present, or they just did a really good job of hiding them. I feel like gummy bears at any party that has adults should not be for children. They're either going to be alcohol or they're going to be pot related. So, just stop. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> no, I'm fine with that. I'm just saying children should not be allowed at those parties. <laughs> Why not? I'm, uh, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm uh, kidding. I'm hey, kidding. I, you know what we have? We have learned a lot about Mill this evening. That's what we have. I'm just joking, you guys. I would never. Actually, I don't particularly like mixing candy with any type of substance because the sugar makes my stomach hurt. That's not saying I don't like how it tastes. I just have a bad stomach. All right. Well, we, we've covered a lot of ground this evening, and uh, this was a Musings on Madison After Dark. We started this recording very late, so I think it's a perfect time to wrap up this episode, unless anyone else has any final thoughts. Guess not. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Um, one thing I want to say, uh, we have – uh, with all this transition stuff that's going on, we might have like a no ratings or reviews at all on Spotify or various podcast uh, sources. So if you want to go like start leaving us five star reviews and tell all your friends and family to spam some more of those five star reviews, we'd very much appreciate it. I'll put us right up on top of all the ratings so we can become the world famous best food themed hockey podcast on the internet that we all deserve to be. Um, but that's going to do it for this edition of musings on Madison. Uh, keep an eye on the we- website and the new website for all the, uh, previews and recaps. Cause we're going to, we're going to do all our same stuff. Just at a new place. I promise. Um, so thank you to, uh, mill and Shay and Betsy for hanging out this evening. Mill's on Twitter at mill 182 shepherds at your host's witness. I'm at DMELT 57. The main account is at two ND city hockey, and that's not going to change. Neither is the Facebook account that we have. So, uh, if, if someone asked about that today, that's all staying the same as well. Um, Betsy's not on Twitter. She's at secondcityhockey.com, and she'll be at the new website under the name of LBR, where I'm sure the bull and wall of text will maintain its walliness. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Boastness. There we go. Perfect. Uh, but that's going to do it. We'll be back next week with um, something. We'll, well, maybe we'll be talking about the end of Jonathan Taves' career or his return to the ice or whatever the hell it is the Blackhawks do next. But we'll hope to have you back here to join us right on these airwaves, and we'll talk to you then. Tell you what to do. Socially, you've lost your mind and basically